Ho, ho, ho. Hey everyone, welcome to We Weren't Friends in High School, the podcast where I reunite with high school classmates from my graduating class of Wizzaken High School in the suburbs of Philadelphia. I'm Brad Corbett, class of 2001. It is Christmas morning, so if you celebrate, which uh, uh, I know a lot of people do, um, I hope that you're having a great Christmas day. Uh, For myself, I'll be traveling down to Ambler uh, to hang out uh, with my mom and uh, the Campion family. So uh, that'll be a good time, as it always is. So the holidays are... uh, you know, plentiful, and I hope they are for for you as well and uh, safe, of course. Uh, let's get to part two. We're in the middle of this uh, incredible conversation with Ryan Dunn, um, and so let's uh, let's get right back into it. Uh, of course, uh, we weren't friends in high school on the Instagram, WWF in high school on Twitter. Subscribe, comment, rate, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play. Go do all that stuff. And of course, I am at Red Shirt Playa. All right, here we go. Ryan Dunn, part two. I'm loving the VHS collection here. Oh, God, yeah. You know what's funny? So it's all wrestling tapes. Yeah. Um, and then on this <laughs> on this side, when I actually, I worked there. So when I worked there, then I just started getting them all for free. And now I just have like too many. Wow. <laughs> I just have like every show you get a DVD for every single show, right. every DVD they put out. Oh, wow. They would just put one in your mailbox. So you worked for, for WWE? Yeah. Oh, wow. Like 10 years ago. It Was that in Philly? Or like around here? Or was that when you were in Connecticut? In Connecticut, yeah. Wow. I lived in, okay. I lived in Stamford. Yeah, um, yeah. And I traveled uh, all around the country, like Whoa. put on the shows. Like I used to do yeah. Raw and SmackDown. And yeah. uh, I wrote for SmackDown. I was on the creative team for SmackDown. So I used to write the shows every week. With By me. write, you mean let it play out naturally as a real fight? Exactly. Yeah. It's real, right? Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, uh, I didn't write the punch, kick, punch, kick. I wrote the... Right. Like, the um, the drama or whatever yeah like yeah. this guy this guy comes to the ring uh and he's gonna say this and then this yeah. guy's gonna respond and then this wow. guy comes out and says hold on i think we need to have a match and yeah yeah uh, and all because you know we've already planned that this is going to be the match at the pay-per-view right uh, in three weeks and so yeah. we're building to that and uh, we're like those yeah. type of things wow that's so cool dude yeah that's, was, that's incredible um, um it was like the i'd like to say i peaked at 24 right yeah i was like right out of college um, and it's crazy as Christian Warren, when he was yeah, here, yeah. he looks in there and he actually says like, one day you're going to work for WWE because wow. I was always the wrestling guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, I did it for, for a little bit, a little bit change. Yeah. So what made you stop doing it? Wasn't I got it? fired. I got fired. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I, uh, I pissed off my boss uh, yeah. one day. It was a, it was a grinding, it was more so like self-inflicted. Mm. Uh, it was a grinding, grueling schedule. Yeah. Um, it was like, a, it was essentially like continuation of college, but with an expense account. Wow. Um, and so you just, you know, you travel around the country, you go to a different city every single day. I was traveling like four days a week. Yeah. Uh, and then you go back to, you fly back to New York on a, on a Wednesday, you go back to Stanford, Connecticut, you write Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, yeah. Saturday or Sunday, you're flying back out to the next town. Uh, you get to the city, uh, Monday you do you do raw. Okay. You drive after raw at 1130, 12 o'clock at night. You drive to the next city. 
uh, you get to that. And I'm talking like could be from Orlando to Miami. You're driving wow. in the middle of the night, four hours, or from San Antonio. Are you, to were you by Dallas. yourself, or were you with other people? Usually with with yeah. one or two other writers. Yeah. Um, very rarely ever by yourself. Okay. Um, are you driving from like San Antonio to, to Dallas? Or, it doesn't sound like a sustainable long term. It's hard, thing, but and it's it, a little bit different yeah. now. I think they have like buses that oh. that um the writers get on. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And we check into the hotel, and then you on monday night tuesday morning and then tuesday morning like 10 11 a.m you're back in the arena you're doing smackdown right uh and then you go back to the hotel you have drinks until yeah. your flight the next morning and then you hop in a car and you and you fly back i feel like you're in a really good time period though because i'm trying to think back when i was in my early 20s it was big i mean like the rock was huge when we were in college i think After, so i and, never met the rock what are they, like Stone Cold and something like that? Uh, I only met Stone Cold once. No, yeah. when I was there, it was I Who sometimes was there? I refer to it sometimes as the worst era in wrestling. Oh no, because it was because um, those guys had just like yeah, Rock and run. Stone Cold were gone. Okay. Um, yeah. Hogan wasn't there. Yeah. Um. So we had like um, the Undertaker. Yeah. Uh, Edge Kane or whatever. Kane. Yeah. Um. Edge. Yeah. Um. John Cena. Of yeah, course. John okay. Cena, John sure, Cena yeah. was like the man yeah. when I was there. It was like the dun, dun. Mm-hmm, <laughs> yeah. kind of the height of his uh, his run. Um, I don't know who else was like in there. Oh, what was his name? Like CM Big Punk. Show or something. Yeah, what Big was Show was there. Yeah. Jericho, Chris yeah, Jericho Chris was there. Jericho. CM Punk was just like really becoming a, a guy. Okay. Um, yeah, that was like about it for like the really big. I'm looking at like the different DVD covers to see if I Batista. <laughs> Batista was oh yeah, yeah. Batista was huge. Then right. yeah, Triple yeah. H was really on Triple H oh, was Triple on like H, the right. yeah he was on yeah. kind of the tail end of his um of his run. Ric Flair was there. Um, Ric Flair was with like all those guys. Shawn Michaels uh, was there, kind of like nearing the end of the of his run. All these yeah. guys, a lot of those guys were kind of in like the last year or two of their real active. Mm. Um, did you meet like right. Vince McMahon at any point? Every week. Every week. Whoa. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah. I had meetings. Uh, is he, you know, a normal guy when it's not like on camera? Or is he totally nuts? He's normal. He's exactly, uh, he's almost exactly like you would um, expect him to be. Okay. He's just not, he's not blatantly, outwardly, publicly mean. Right. Um, it's not to say that he's not mean right. at times or yeah. he doesn't say things or do things in public that you just go, Oh God, that, right. that's embarrassing. Yeah. But rarely was it like, uh, Oh, we're going to fuck this guy. You know, it right, wasn't right. that, but, yeah. um, he was definitely Vince and, and, you know, I can remember one time, um, a guy wasn't happy with, with his position um, backstage and we weren't doing much with him. And he, um, had told the head of of town relations that he was thinking about quitting because he was just so unhappy with how he thought right. that we had all dropped the ball on him. Yeah. And Vince was like, well, goddamn, maybe he needs to go home then. Let's just, let's just fire him. Wow. And you're just thinking like, Oh God, dude, that's like such a, yeah, you know, but it's just, you know, just straight shooter in that yeah. way. Um, and he's very, well, this is how I feel right now. And so that's what we're going to do. Uh, that was the toughest part with Vince is that, you know, you could, and this is kind of, I think, famous to a lot of people, I think, like on the Internet to follow wrestling. But like, you know, you could you could present something to him and he hates it. And then you could present him the same thing an hour and a half later. And <laughs> all the change was that he had lunch. 
Yeah. And he's just, no, he loves he's it. in a better mood. Yeah. And it's the best thing he's ever seen. And who wrote this? And this right. is so good. And, right. Um, I got it probably, you know, not as bad as a lot of, a lot of my coworkers and friends. And I have a, I have a great handful of friends that are still there uh, wow. doing it. It takes us very special type of person to be able to stick it out. And I was not, wow. uh, I, I got fired because I, uh, my last, uh, last trip I was on, um, we had a, like a very quick turnaround as far as like having to send in new ideas. And I just didn't send in my ideas by that time. And instead I was just in the office working on it and my boss called me out on it mm-hmm. and I gave him a smartest answer. Instead, I told him, um, I told him that I didn't have time to send in ideas and instead I came to the office early and I'm just been working on stuff here on the board. And then he asked me, he goes, uh, I won't do the voice cause, uh, I don't want to embarrass myself in front yeah. of somebody, but he goes, uh, so you didn't, you didn't think maybe to send me an email to tell me you weren't going to send ideas. And in my head I went, you know, like sometimes you ever think of something and go, Oh, that's so good. You go, yeah. don't say that. Yeah. Yeah. That went through my brain and then my brain went, no, fuck it. That's so good. Say yeah. that shit. Yeah. And so I went, no, I didn't think to send you an email to tell you that I don't have time to send an email. Right. Right. Yeah. And dude, he just went, okay. Yeah. And he just got right up. He yep. went downstairs 20 minutes later. I'm like, yo, anyone else's email not working? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> My phone yeah. rings. Right. Uh, it's HR. Hey, yeah. and this dude is downstairs. Yeah. Like fire, like ready to fire me. Wow. And that was, uh, that was it. That was quick. It was quick, yeah. Um, yeah, I have uh, my people at work that are my like email filters mm-hmm. because I deal a lot with uh, this. We'll say I'm, uh, I work essentially for a vendor of a major insurance company that we almost all probably have their insurance, right? And so, um, I my job is to help them find like mistakes and errors that they're making, and then sometimes you point that out to them. And they, you know, I guess they're human too. They don't want to see it as a mistake. And um, they try to defend whatever. And you end up like having these very frustrating conversations. And then I get right where you were with like, I will type out the first draft and I'll have all the smart ass stuff, like just complete irony and like sarcasm and just like not. And like, like, I don't know, only 30% like the actual facts that are needed for the situation. And then. And then I might self-edit that first one. I'm pretty good. I'll like I'll self-edit. I'll get it down to like 50% sarcasm, and then I fire it off to like my people that like I trust, and they're like, okay, mm-hmm. well, you you know you're gonna have to take out that whole first paragraph, right? You know, <laughs> like, and that's how I've kept my job by mm-hmm. by having it stripped away all the uh, you know sarcasm and, and emotion and mm-hmm. just pure whatever the facts are i guess uh when i was in strict video production uh for the last bunch of years and i was in like a corporate environment constantly just dealing with you know structure and processes and workflow and helping guide people in the right direction and Mm -hmm. um people would lean on me kind of to give my like expertise from a production standpoint but they would be like they might be um uh, relations, client relations and, and things like that, or dealing with like their team of, of young producers. And, mm-hmm. and I would send them, they would ask me a question and I would just, I don't, you know, I'm very emotional. And so when I type yeah. and I type fast, I type as fast as I think. And I'm just yeah. typing all this stuff out. Cause I just got to get it out. And then I would go at the bottom. 
this is in Brad speak. Do not say it to them exactly like this. Right. This is this is what I'm. This is the point. Yeah. You say it however you think is the right, right way to say it. Because right. this ain't that's the a one. good disclaimer to have. <laughs> that's I I, just, I guess I do that too. If I know my email won't go to the client, but will go to the person who speaks to the client, mm-hmm. I write it just like that. Mm-hmm. I say, here's how I feel. Do not say it this way. Mm-hmm. But this is what I'm trying to get across. Yeah. Here. They're I call, dumb. I call it Brad speak. <laughs> right. Brad speak. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm doing Brad speak mm-hmm. quite a bit. Yeah. Work. But uh, that's good. So, so I wanted to ask about uh, about this podcast. Like, sure. do you have? Is this just like for fun, which it is fun, or yeah. do you see like a kind of a goal or something that you're thinking about? Um, I don't know. I, I'm a production guy, and so I look at things. I only look at things of I would watch that or I would listen to that mm-hmm. uh, more so than this is a great business venture or yeah. anything like that. Um, And so for me, I just look at the possibilities of cool productions of, you know, there's people that now know these people because they've been listening to the podcast and they know these these characters in a sense and they're rooting them on or, you know, they're in on certain jokes or they have favorites or or whatever. You know, the goal is to I think for me just to have a fun show with a rotating cast where people can learn. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I, I don't know anything out, outside of this bigger picture, but like I just I really enjoyed listening to the, I've at this time there was two podcasts out. Yeah. So um, and like hearing Eric talk about Hebrew school, I was like, oh, man, that's back in the day. Mm-hmm. And like so, and then I didn't know all this stuff he went through either. So yeah. I did learn a lot about him, what he went through. And uh, you're like, why are why were why aren't we friends, man? You know, and I was like feeling the same way like shoot i should still be friends with that kid because like he's he's awesome mm-hmm. and i was like wow and like we're we're probably into like a lot of the same stuff whatever mm-hmm. and i see like uh, i think that a lot about some of the people we went to high school with now is like i see their facebooks or whatever their instagram and i'm like i think this person who i was not friends with like we seem to like think the same stuff we're saying the same mm-hmm. you know crap on facebook mm-hmm. or whatever and i see that they like also have a dog and a cat like me or a kid or whatever and i'm like we could be friends and now, you, don't live you know. That far, right? right you yeah, don't get yeah. In the area, close and and uh, I think, yeah, like it's maybe just circumstance. We just weren't in classes or whatever. Mm-hmm. But now, at this point in life, you know. And you know what? And and this might be more of a guy thing, but you know, guys don't talk right in the same way that, um, you know, I'm not calling on my guy friends like, "How was your day?" Yeah, you know, it never happens. Yeah. yeah, and so even if we were not adversarial is that the word Mm -hmm. yeah even if we if we we weren't adversarial we guys wouldn't ever say hey ryan yeah you know you like sports and i like do you want to hang out and watch some sports right that would never no that's just not something that guys do they don't they don't and you, you always see like girls are like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna make it like my girlfriend has a has a husband too, and you guys are going to be good friends. Sure. And it's always, because that's yeah. a lot of times like how guys just don't. Yeah. You got to force guys to you get together it. sometimes. That's right. You, yeah. know? you know, for me, with when Ray died, uh, yeah. I had a real weird, not weird. I had a real kind of sinking feeling about the idea that someone that I'd grown up with my whole life, yeah, all that history, that remembered history is gone. Wow. Uh, someone that you've known since you were five, yeah, that. All those stories growing up, because Ray and I lived down the street from each other right. too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you remember Mike Mayall um, from like earlier years. Yeah. But he didn't come to high school. I think he left after middle school. But like those were like really like 
my two best friends right. growing yeah. up and Mike had moved. And so then Ray now, like all those memories of growing up in South Ambler, our parents are best friends, right. um, you know, right. pool parties and stuff yeah. like that. All those memories essentially now just are with me. Right. All those things that you tell a best friend growing up. Yeah. That's all gone. Yikes. Yeah. Um, and so wow. for me, you know, I really, uh, I think, craved these old memories mm -hmm. and to have, you know, someone like, like an Eric or yeah. even now you, or, um, you know, Kim Devaney, who I've known since fourth grade, mm -hmm. um, just a bunch of, you know, Christian Warren yeah. to have all these people now that I've got these memories with from the time I was, you know, eight, nine, 10 years old. Mm -hmm. And for us to be able to talk, those are things that I have not been able to do. Mm -hmm man in in decades it sounds you yeah. know it's it sounds sad but and i used to be really sad about it when i was younger but yeah. after a while it's just one of those things that you just it's right. not a part of your life anymore yeah and probably part of my real uh curiosity in wanting to do these because i don't get to talk about remember those days with your best friend with, yeah. with my best friend yeah. and so i i am curious as to where everyone's at or what everyone's doing or what people's perspective hearing someone else's perspective yeah on that time yeah well you're making me feel very lucky you know that i can complain about some class or whatever with like Risha or goatee or whatever yeah. but uh yeah um i i was thinking about ray because i i i probably knew ray even less than i knew you mm -hmm. um i only really have i i have memories of like you know we'd, we'd be in the parking lot at, uh, in high school before class and there before school started and then you, you know, have to make the trudge up across the grass mm -hmm. or whatever and he'd he'd usually be hanging out by his car mm -hmm. and like he'd say hi. We always say hi to each other. But I don't think I ever had a single actual conversation with him. Right. But my impression was like of a nice guy who says hi. Right. right. So I've really uh appreciated any little bit you've talked about him because I was also so sad when he died, you know, tangentially, like yeah. just uh, the brotherhood of like our our class, mm -hmm. somebody our age dying. I was so sad about it. And I think about it, but I never had a conversation with him, yeah. you know? And so I, if I want to know who he was, I need to, to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Know? And you know, sad about her, you know, here we go again, talking about it a little bit, but you know, every, it feels like everyone has someone, uh, that they've lost from our class. Um, everyone's been touched whether, oh, yeah. you know, it it's was been a lot of people. Yeah. Whether it was Bethany or it was Evan or, yeah. you know, you mentioned Keyshawn. Yeah. You know? Keyshawn. That um, was terrible. Terrible. I went to Temple. Uh, yeah right so yeah, yeah, yeah. you know i had classes you know in that building um yeah it was and Keyshawn was not someone that like um I, I had you know like i said i wasn't like a kind person to that group of especially after after columbine and and i was definitely one to join in on the trench coat mafia mm -hmm. badgering um but like you said this that brotherhood and especially after ray passed um the way that those type of things like wow another young person another young person mm -hmm. um and it's you know and, it, and it's not things like um oh they just you know they had a bad heart and they had a heart you know it's these oh. things that you just when you're growing up you never think whatever you yeah. know someone falling or someone taking their own life or, right um yeah you yeah. know those are those are things that we kind of all have in common a little bit so yeah all that to say that well, um, we do yeah, the tragedy also you know, binds us as well. Yeah. But, yeah. but all that to say that, you know, as you were saying, like you, you didn't know a lot about Ray. There's so many people that I didn't know that we've lost that I only knew about on yeah. the surface that, right. you know, you or, or anyone else, I want you guys to feel, you know, um, 
feel free to, you know, share those stories or, or, you know, champion those people or keep those people's memories alive. Because, um, I was shocked, you know, when Mike talked about, and I said on the podcast, when Mike started talking about, right, I had no idea. I didn't, I didn't know that. It affected you know, him deeply. Yeah, yeah. That he, or, or that he had that like connection through karate. And right, I was like yeah. sitting, I was like, wow, what a way to kick off the very first podcast. Right, I yeah. No clue. And so, yeah, yeah. um, I guess what I want to say is about, is about Keyshawn is like, he, I remember going to his funeral and I remember feeling there was, it was overflow. It was so many, so many people, his family, but also like a ton of people I went to high school with. And I remember thinking like, if he knew, if he was looking out at his own funeral, he would never have killed himself mm. because look how many people love him and care and are here. Like he, he you know, Rodrigo gave his uh, eulogy. And was beautiful, but he was crying so hard. And I just thought, like, if you knew, like, if you knew, if he just had an idea of how much he was, like, loved and people cared about him, he maybe he wouldn't have done it. Mm -hmm. Or maybe he would. I don't know. But I I just feel like, yeah, he, he, he must have just made, like, a very short-term decision there. Like, mm -hmm. I didn't get the thing that I want. I think it was, like, an art program or something. But like, I just wish he knew. I think about it all the time because I've been like, he lived in the neighborhood, right? So like, I go by his house all the time, all the time. I, I my parents are there in Bluebell, but I also work in Bluebell, which is a mm -hmm. weird thing in my life. I'll tell you about it in a sec. But like, I I drive by his house every day, and I you know was in the house when we were younger, and and it's such a weird thing to have to. It brings the memory up every time every day and mm -hmm. i just wish this kid knew mm -hmm. and i then I, of course i like blame myself a little bit because i'm like i was one of his friends maybe you know i i didn't tell him positive things and say you know how appreciated he is i didn't do anything that would have helped the situation mm -hmm. and i think about that a lot yeah um when i talked to alaya and and a few other people this is we've touched on this just the lack of um the lack of patience and understanding for mental illness mm -hmm. and depression and acceptance. Yeah. I think that's the word, the, the lack of, of social acceptance of yeah. people go through things and sometimes people go through things harder than average Joe goes through things, right. um, especially for men, yeah. uh, young boys becoming men. Yeah. Yeah, internalizing, feeling like you're you can't be man enough to say, "Hey, I'm I can't handle this. I need help uh, mm -hmm. on a continual basis to get through this." That just wasn't things that you talked about in 2001, 2002, right. 1999, yeah. 1998. Yeah. That um, unfortunately, whether just through depression or drugs, um, affected so much of not just our class, um, but those right on the top and on the bottom of our classes. Mm -hmm. um, that I'm, I'm so glad now that you just hear all this acceptance. Um, yeah. If you have a, a mental issue, definitely you, you should speak out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think people recognize that and understand it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it's just so sad. It is. This um, is where I, I, then I, I pivot to the happy. Right. Who's your favorite teacher? It's my favorite teacher. I think, uh, Probably, probably Mrs. McLaughlin. Mm. Uh, so I had AP American history with her and she was uh, goofy, but enthusiastic and 
pushed you, but in a fun way, like, you know, she wasn't stern or anything. She pushed you, but she, she, she really challenged you, but like in like fun, unique ways. And we had to do like, uh, she does like a decades project. I think that was really fun. You have to present like all this stuff. So you get to like dress up like you're from the twenties or whatever your thing was and or the eighties mm-hmm. and all that. And so she was, she was a cool teacher definitely. But I, also if I'm talking like total Wissahickon time, Mr. Heppy is definitely up yeah. there as well. Heppy's cool dude. And, uh, he's like an author now and he is writes he really? books. Yeah. And, uh, he writes like, uh, almost like a Lord of the Ring type series. Yeah. Really? I know. He used to tell us cool stories. I mean, he was in the military. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and then he did all the, uh, like, reenacting and everything. Mm-hmm. He'd come dressed like a uh, Revolutionary War soldier, Civil War, and all that. And uh, so he's like, a cool dude. And, uh, yeah, cool. definitely liked Teppy a lot. Oh. Both social studies type teachers. Yes. So that's, sorry, that's where my favorite stuff was. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, those were the teachers I really liked. Yeah. So Heppy was side-by-side uh, side with Mrs. Chaplin, right? The English teacher that looked like Helen Hunt. <laughs> I don't think I knew her. What? Uh, oh, yeah, you were probably in AP English. Yeah, sorry, I was yeah in AP English, but <laughs> I had Mrs. Peace AP English. Oh, yeah, oh, okay. So yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Mrs. Peace was great too. Yeah, she had picked a good selection of books for us. But uh, yeah, I, I the social studies teachers, and I'm tr- I've been trying to remember who. AP, I know this is going to sound the most dorky thing I've said even today, but AP economics was like a great class. It was great. And I'm trying to remember who the teacher was. He was like the track coach. And uh, Wexler. God, Wexler. So I became friends with his son. Whoa. Who okay. went to North Penn. But he, he had like a whole style with like, uh, we like didn't have normal class. It wasn't like every other class you have where you come in and like you're, they're going to instruct you like. He like just assigned like a, a reading or a chapter like on Monday mm-hmm. and then you did nothing except on your own if you want to learn that. You just kind of did it on your own for like through Thursday hmm. and then we would on Fridays take the quiz. So like you'd better have read taught it. yourself and read it because on Friday you're going to get quizzed on it and then the rest of class would be an open discussion about the questions on the quiz. And if you wanted to, you could make the argument that like, you know, yeah, the right answer is C, but I think it could be B. And here's mm-hmm. why I think it could be B. And if you made like a convincing argument, he'd be like, all right, B and C are correct. You, you know what I mean? Like, Kind of right up your alley too. Yeah, right. Yeah, it worked out. I remember standing in front of the class and being like, I think it could be this. And That's maybe cool. I was dead wrong, but I would try to be convincing. And uh so it was a really unique class and he was a good, yeah, good for at least showing me like a different way. And like it, yeah, it was 100% like if you are motivated enough to read this, then you'll do well in the quiz. And mm-hmm. if you're not, well, yeah. So yeah, but uh, it was AP class too. So yeah, yeah. yeah. That seems like a much more college style it was, environment. Yeah. It was. It was the first time I ever felt like, yeah, like you're on your own. Mm-hmm. If you're going to learn it, you're going to learn it. If not and wouldn't you know wasting mm-hmm. your time but um it was good that ended up getting me all this ap stuff got me out of like a lot of college mm-hmm. so which looking back i'm like what dumb dumb wants to get out of college early like i really don't understand what i was thinking yeah but i ended up doing college in three years did you yeah because wow. i had enough credits from everything did you so, know that you were did you go into villanova already being law or no so I, my undergrad was at york college of oh Pennsylvania. really i didn't know that yeah and um and then i was political science there Mm. and uh that was right up my alley Mm. and then 
uh, yeah. And then I went to Nova for law. So, um, but did you have anything like prior to that, that you wanted to do like in high school or middle school, just coming up, like, this is the, you know, not, not baseball player, but like, was there like something that I'm know, still or, trying to make the Phillies right now. and <laughs> Brother, I, you I might, shot right I now. might go for a manager right now. Yeah. Uh, I do. Shot. I have been learning Excel. I think I could do the analytics. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, it's so funny. Cause like, I didn't start figuring out what I wanted to do until after law school. <laughs> it was so late in the game that I was like, you know, I don't know. I don't know. What did know. you think you were doing when you were at York? What were you, I mean, political science, but what did you want to do with that? See, that's the thing. I, I didn't know like what I could do with that other than law school. So it wasn't that I was like, I have this dream of being a lawyer. It was, I know I like social studies. I know I like political science. So I'll just do it because I'll get A's and I'll enjoy my time. But then mm. as time went on, it was like, well, I have to get a job after this or do something with this. And it seemed like the only option was um, was law school. Mm. So I did that. And then law school, you know, uh, it. I started learning. I started learning. So like in law school, you have the class. But when you actually start interning and doing things, that's when you start to learn like, I don't like this mm. or I don't like this area. Yeah. And I don't want to be here. And then, so I really feel like it was late in the game before I finally was forced to be like, oh, you'd better start figuring out what you do like, you know, wow. work-wise. Um, and I'm, you know, pretty happy where I am now. Yeah. But uh, it did you took ever, a while. Did you ever, like, did you start going, you know, did you ever get deep enough into a direction where you thought like, oh, this is what I'm going to do now, even if it, and then you, before you zigged out? Yeah, absolutely. So what happened, that's a good question. Because uh, what happened was, um, all my classes, I, for some reason I thought family law would be like the, the track to be on. Mm -hmm. And so they don't have like majors in law school, but you can do like class, like tracks. Right. So you can do like business track or family law track where, so I was doing family law and I did that because family law in a book in stories is really interesting. Mm -hmm. These terrible stories are actually when they're just words on a page, no big deal. Right. Start doing family law, start being there with the families that are being torn apart mm -hmm. and the people that hate each other. Parents got a kid has to choose who he wants to live yeah, with type of stuff. Awful stuff. Oh. Awful stuff. Where And well, and really like, it's more like the, the parents fighting over like the time and the visitation and things mm -hmm. like that. And, and the bickering and just oh, the endless fights and people, you know, they're running out of money because it's just such an awful, awful thing. And so it was just a lot of the worst just every day you're dealing with the worst days of these people's lives. I mean, I was divorced as well. Mm -hmm. it, it was the darkest, worst period of my life. Can you imagine making a living of being in, in everyone's right, darkest, say, worst? And, you're, and you're, yeah. the longer it goes, you're profiting from it. Right. And and it was making me miserable. Mm. Um, so I did two years of interning and then one year of actually practicing as a family lawyer, family law lawyer. And I hated the, I mean, I liked my boss, but I hated the work. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so then I, I'd gotten a call from like a headhunter who said, do you want to work for Medicare? And I said, nah, like, I don't know anything about health law or healthcare or Medicare. So I no, no. And, um, but then I was just so miserable and I can tell you the exact thing that happened. I, uh, I was doing a divorce agreement 
I was sitting at the computer. I had my client, the husband, right there at the desk next to me. Mm. And we had his wife on the phone. And as we're trying, I'm typing the agreement. I'm t- I'll type a paragraph. And then they'll, then she'll be like, nah, you know what? I don't agree to that. And I delete the paragraph. And then they'd start bickering about whatever. And I try to write the new paragraph and they're fighting on the phone. And next thing I know, I'm getting drawn in to their bickering. And I'm like, well, what, what about this? You know, and I'm getting fired up myself. I'm getting drawn into their couple fight. Mm. And I remember in that moment thinking in my head, this is the last thing I do in family law. This is it. I'm quitting after this. And I knew I had, uh, of all things, a uh, birthright coming up. I was going to go on birthright. Wow. So I had a two week vacation coming up to friggin' the other side of the world. So I quit. Wow. And I, then I went on birthright with no other job lined up. But uh, when I came back from birthright, I contacted that same headhunter. I said, do you still have an opportunity with Medicare? I don't know anything about it, though. And he was like, well, they'll train you, mm. which I guess was kind of true. They did. It's really more, exper- you know, the more you work in something, you sure. just learn. But like, uh, yeah. So to answer your question, complete change 180 or whatever in my entire trajectory everything class internships work was all family law and then now i'm in the exact opposite direction with healthcare Mm. and uh i if you'd asked me like you know going into political science or whatever oh you know are you going to be like healthcare you know auditing and like doing contracts stuff for health you know health insurance companies like what why would i ever do that who would care about that you know like, like it sounds like a really boring whatever, but like it ended up in practice being so much better for me and mm-hmm. so much happier than being in, in court with yeah. people's worst moments. Stuff you don't, wow. you don't think I hear, about. I've heard stuff like that, like with medical, you know, yeah. people who think that they want to be surgeons mm-hmm. or, uh, and then they go, you know what, that's not for me. I, yeah. I want to be a pediatrician. Right. Um, and so sick kids doesn't sound good either. But I hadn't really thought about that with law before. Yeah. Just the different types of law that could just tear you up. Yeah. Other than obviously, you know, def- defense criminal. and criminal yeah. and, and, you know, yeah, my, my buddy's a Saul type of stuff. I asked my friend, my one friend has defended a, a lot of murders and I, I say, how do you, how do you do that, man? And he's like, I don't ask them if they really did it. Hmm. And I don't want to know. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I have a job. And, and he does think of it as a job because it is a job. It's a set of steps that you have to complete. Mm-hmm. That doesn't matter like what the circumstances are. You're like, oh, I have to do X. Then I have to do Y. And then right. I have to do Z. And right. you just go about your day-to-day work. Right. But the context, I couldn't get over. Right. You know, all we have dinner with him. I'm like, yeah, you did your paperwork. But like, you're I think helping. that dude killed somebody. Right. You're helping <laughs> like, a bad He's like, oh, yeah, person. he definitely killed them. Yeah. yeah. He stabbed him right in the back. Or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. Jeez. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Wow. He was late to dinner once at, uh, we were meeting some friends. And I said, oh, yo, what's going on? And he goes, uh, my, my client was found guilty of murder. <laughs> I had to do extra paperwork. And it was like, made him late for dinner or whatever, like our dinner, our reservation. Yeah. And it was like, that's like real life. That mm. somebody died. But like, you know, for him, it was like, yeah, I had to do sex for extra paperwork and then wow. and then come to dinner. So, yeah, I couldn't do that, though. I can't uh, just give me give me numbers. Give mm-hmm. me Excel. Mm-hmm. Uh, no harm, no foul. Everybody's fine. It's a disagreement between a hospital system and, you know, a major insurance provider. Who cares? Right. Right. right nobody's right. getting hurt. Yeah. So uh, that for me is is a better life. Yeah. yeah. And I'd rather cool. argue over the minutia of policy. That's 
whatever. Mm-hmm. Sounds boring, but it really is interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I feel like a detective. I feel like I get pumped up. Like I know there's something wrong here. Yeah. And I got to snoop around until I see a little piece of evidence here and a little piece of evidence there. And so definitely on the outside, I 100% see how people be like, uh, like an auditing type role Mm -hmm. or contracts seem really boring. I Mm -hmm. get it on the surface. But if you're like snooping and trying to figure out a little clue from this here and this contract here and what's how it's playing out over here. And then it like you put all the pieces together and you're like, oh my God, I just, yeah, I just found like a million dollar mistake. Oh my God. And cool. you get pumped up yeah. and you're like, look here and you get, you know, you present it and whatever. And, and then you get that million, right? And then it all comes to me. <laughs> I tell them, make the checkout, Ryan Dunn Esquire. Uh, well, dude, you know, this, this job, when I first started working at the current company I'm at, it was uh, like a commission based role. Mm. And now I'm salary, which oh, cool. is fine, but not cool as cool as oh what you drew what you found or helped yeah oh yeah so the money was uh the money situation was crazy because you would have dry spells of Mm -hmm. like i remember that in particular it was during my divorce five really bad months of like no money coming in and being like i don't know i'm gonna i'd take out a loan Mm -hmm. to pay my alimony uh that i was paying at the time Mm -hmm. and so i had to take a loan out for that that's how bad the money was for that five month stretch and then, you know, then the money started rolling in, the spigot turned on and yeah, and it was complete reversal. And I'm like, I have more money I know what to do with right mm-hmm. now. And, and so it was like, yeah, feast or famine was like, and so, and now it's just salary and I know what I'm going to get every right, week. Right. But uh, yeah, the, but yeah. So like literally we would get a cut. Yeah. And then now we get dispersed to all the people. So, and it was a smaller group. It wasn't that many people then. Right. So even if it was like 35 people tops, like that's, it would spread Very around. Nice. Yeah. It's a nice small. So there would be, there'd that's, be some good days. Yeah. That is like, I have a real fear of sales. Mm. Um, never, ever, ever wanted to be in yeah, any that's commission, sales yeah. and it's all commission based. Yeah. And I don't, I don't feel good about like that type of, um, that type of like pressure yeah. to like got to perform, got to perform. Like, I feel like it's all over my face right. of like, I got to pay rent this month or, yeah. you know, I got, I need this I sale or I, I just, um, you know, I, I can't handle that, that type of pressure. So I commend you for being able to, even though you're not doing, even though yeah, it's not, it's that, not, way it's not now, that way anymore, but, but yeah, it was, uh, that know, scenario right there. Like I, I feel like those five months I would fall apart. Right. You know, I, I was getting worried and yeah. I was saying to my boss, like, well, is something going to come in, you know, and mm-hmm. like getting, I'm like getting divorced. So like, I need all the money I can get in the world. I got to pay every, every mm-hmm. bill. The divorce is the most expensive. That's the other thing, by the way. Uh, you know, not to scare you off like marriage and love all together here, but Better I'll tell you cheats. what, it, it was, yeah, if you're wrong, you're going to pay for it, brother. You're going to pay. Uh-huh. It was unbelievably expensive. It's not like uh, my ex was initiating anything. Like she wasn't right. trying to sure. take my money or anything. It was nothing like that. The process. It's, is it's the natural process that mm-hmm. was the expensive thing. It, it's unbelievable that two people can't just, you know, un couple and go their way like right it's it's you gotta an, pay people it's an, and it's a long drawn out process even two purpose. people in our situation who um were like okay we're gonna separate like like even then it took uh 15 months i guess it took forever it took forever and uh and you know yeah. law so you would know uh, firsthand I, if there were like corners that you could it can be truncated the less you have, the less okay. hooked up you are. So like not having it, can you imagine if we had kids, it would have gone on forever. 
but we didn't have any kids. Mm-hmm. So uh, that shortened it, but there was property and just, uh, it ended up just, yeah, being a grinding emotional process. And, and so, but I will say again, I'm living proof on the other end of it, of the darkest period of my entire life. I, I'm going to leave here. I'm going to go see my baby. Like yeah. it's going to be awesome. Right. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, in a very weird way, I'm almost glad it happened because I think she's in a better spot. I think she's happy. She lives in Florida now. Um, so maybe even geographically a better spot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> um, and, uh, and I am too. So that's awesome. Yeah. It makes me happy to see everyone like happy. Yeah. Um, yeah. This would be a different podcast if this was like three or four years ago, dude, yeah. like four years ago, you'd yeah. be like, fuck love. And <laughs> like, my money, uh, you know, like this would be a different <laughs> podcast for sure. Uh, yeah, dude, it, it really messes with you. Like I definitely have all these stories that you can laugh at them now, mm-hmm. but they're like, you know, being like drinking too much cause I'm sad or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then like, doing dumb stuff and like my friends having to like take me out of bars or whatever because you don't you know you're just going i don't know i don't know what it is about humans but like yeah you kind of turn alcohol a little bit and you're like the body compensates the mind compensates i've been there you know yeah been there where i just go god what's going on with me at the bars or you know just me with the drinking it feels like when you know it's feel like it's too much and and uh, i've been lucky enough to to be able to recognize, you know, those situations and just cut them off and, and just stop for a while. And, yeah. um, but yeah, it is amazing how you allow yourself to, to fall. Cause you're aware of, you're aware that stuff like that happens, but you don't aware that yeah. you're, you're not aware you're doing it at yeah. the time and, and just depressive, right. you know, Godie's, uh, Godie's wife warned me straight up that it was going to happen to me. Mm. She told me exactly what was going to happen. And she tried to get me to not have it happen mm-hmm. uh, with alcohol and then the, the depression and all that. And then, it, and then it just happened anyway. I can see it. It just happens anyway. I can completely, I, I've, yeah. in, you know, having depressing stuff and that you're dealing with and then you're trying to cope. And then I could see like, oh, you know what? One, one good drink would feel really good tonight. Right. And then you start yeah. feeling good and you go, you know, before I go to bed, let's just finish, finish. Let's have a second one. Yeah. And then the next day it's like, you know, that really yeah. chilled me out. I'm going to do that again. Yeah. And then next, you know, this is what you do now and your tolerance is going up. And yeah. You, you go through these periods where you're just like, what the fuck's happening right yeah, what now? What am I doing? And what am I yeah. doing? And then you go out somewhere yeah. and you're still going. Everyone's like, oh, we're not all doing this? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oh, okay. oh yeah. That's See, just me the, the and my going, indoor behavior. That's exactly right. The going harder than everyone you're with, mm-hmm. realization. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when you're like, shoot. Like Especially I Especially as you yeah. get older. Right. And yeah. people people, you know, you're with people that have their which seems like you are around people that have had their shit together. Yeah. Uh I'd say so, but maybe not relationship wise, but work wise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And you start saying, like, oh, that's not how everyone else Right. copes or right. that's not yeah. how everyone else deals with it and yeah yeah when your friends look at you and and you can see like the embarrassment on their face of how you're acting mm. uh that was a tough time but uh yeah it just it just took time to work work out of it and get a stable you know get everybody you know uh i there was a day when um i was at work and Again, a lot of negative things come out of addiction and sometimes legal issues. And so there was a day when I had a call from uh, the police chief of um, Plymouth meeting and uh, about an incident and then uh, that unfortunately my ex was involved in. And then 
um, I had a call with, um, I think like a detective. And then I had a call with my, um, ex father-in-law and like these, oh, and then I had a call with her public defender. Right. So I had a call with all the, like all these people called me like one after the other in an afternoon while I was supposed to be working. Mm. And we happened to be having, we were all leaving the office at three o'clock that day to go to like our company, uh, was doing like a charity event at great American pub. Oh, well, Conchi, ups- yeah. yeah, Conchi at the upstairs room. And then we were going, they were, had like karate kids, studio kids there, like doing their moves or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you could like do raffle stuff. And like, okay. it was a whole charity event. Well, I just had those calls, right? And and I was like, I need to go to the bar right now. Mm-hmm. And I immediately started doing shots at this event. Mm-hmm. It, was, it did not turn into a good situation. It's funny now to think mm. about some of the antics and I'm glad it didn't affect my work or whatever, but mm. like I didn't know, I was so drunk. I didn't know how raffles worked. And after they called the first raffle for one of the many prizes, I ripped up all my tickets because, and I like threw them on the ground and was like cursing. Mm. I was cursing in front of the karate little guys, you know, and I, I people were like, what the hell is going on? But you know, I needed it. Like I, like I just had the worst, some of the worst phone calls mm-hmm. in my life. And yeah, we went right over and Mm -hmm. you put me in a bar and here we go. And uh, yeah, I had to be carried out of there that night. That was tough. Mm -hmm. And a funny side story of that is that, so uh, my friends were real good. My coworkers were real good about getting me out of there. Um, But they, they literally had to carry me out. And uh, I, a few weeks after that, um was out and i saw a guy that i had gone to sesame rockwood with Mm. at camp and i was like oh how i haven't seen you in years man how are you doing he goes oh i've seen you (laughs) he's like i saw you getting carried out of here uh the bar the other day and i was like what i'm Mm -hmm. so embarrassed uh you know that that's this guy hadn't seen me in forever and then he sees me he said i was walking like a marionette like they were carrying me Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and my legs were still going in the air as they're carrying me out of the bar. Wow. And they put me in a in the back seat of the car like you'd put like a, a ladder or a TV or something, you know, sideways in the back seat. <laughs> Get me in there. Chunk first. Yep. And put me to bed. So uh that was tough times, man. Like uh and so when I have that context of like that to now, I think about that a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm very, very grateful all the time. There's nothing going on now that I can't be like, you know, it's too big or it's whatever. It's yeah. nothing compared to before. So. What um just because I'm curious, what are your drinking habits like um now in like stress or oh I would say much tamer and this is kind of ironic for me to say because I came in here I was like oh I'm kind of hungover but I did have special circumstance right. of yeah, Pat and Rishi being in town but uh I would say it's almost I think it maybe even annoys my wife because how little I drink mm-hmm. because we'll have all this beer in the fridge and it won't go down mm-hmm. unless we have a party or an event or something. So I've become almost a pure social drinker. Mm-hmm. Sometimes she'll even be like, don't you want, you have all this whiskey. Like, don't you want a glass? And I'm like, nah, it's fine. Yeah. You know? And so definitely it was a circumstantial yeah. drinking. It just, that was how I was coping, I guess. But yeah. yeah it's, fortunately, probably for my health, that, that went away. Yeah. yeah. I was curious because that's, I'm very similar now. You know, I got a, um, I got a fridge full of beer. Right. Um, and I've got a, you know, a bunch of bottles over there yeah, that, yeah. that I've bought and, um, you know, on dates and stuff like that, I, I drink, uh, mm-hmm. I'll drink all night. Friends, you know, friends yeah. come over, uh, sure. I'll drink with you guys. We go out, 
drink vodka right. all night long, nonstop. Yeah, yeah. But like Monday through Friday, yeah. If I yeah. would, you know, when I come back from this party tonight and I get home, uh, you know, nine ten o'clock or whatever, yeah. I'm not gonna have another drink. Like I, I'm right. It's just I, I'm the exact same way now. Social, I will go all night long. Right. Uh, but if we're chilling, yeah. I'm just chilling, and if I'm here, I'm just I'm drinking water. Right. Yeah, I'm a big water guy, and that's all I need during the week. Yeah, yeah. it's but then, funny. Yeah. It's become very um, circumstantial. Like mm-hmm. if I'm in the situation, we have we we like to do like the fire pit. We have fire pit, so yeah, exactly. Like to yeah. do that. Okay, if we're do- it's fire pit time, scotch and cigar. But any other time, you're like, do you want some scotch or do you want a cigar? And I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it Save has it. to be very you know circumstantial. Mm-hmm. So it's funny how that happens. But yeah, that sad circumstance that was you know unfortunately leading the bad outcomes but yeah. uh yeah I'm glad to be past that that part yeah um yeah it's maybe we don't do enough to like tell kids about like w- life can be rough and like you might get divorced like mm-hmm. that might happen to yeah. you and it's it's okay like keep going you know because that it definitely sounds like i think you know a failure yeah, that's like how it's perceived mm-hmm. but now that i'm on the other side i'm like uh well actually like it led to the greatest thing ever so um it's okay mm-hmm. you know it's a great other side right you know someone just to come yeah. out on the other side and yeah to be in the middle of it to see it for it to feel dark and then you come out yeah. where you are now that's yeah. awesome yeah it, when i was in it i wouldn't believe where i am now mm-hmm. i wouldn't believe that for for a second uh so it's anyone listening who's going through shit right now like there will be another side. You will get to the other side of it. Uh, what's the quote? This too shall pass. Mm-hmm. Right? So it will. Time heals all wounds. I'm just going to throw cliches out, out of you guys. So, yeah, man. So, uh, awesome. so what else? So what else is going on? Did you have like a favorite, um, a favorite movie? You know, I was a, I was a um, film student. So film student and a big music fan. And so like, you know, music that you're listening to, yeah. movies that you were watching in high school. Yeah. Um, I'm always interested in yeah, yeah. comparing and contrasting with everyone else. We were in high school. We really loved, um, me and like a couple of my friends, we, we loved like kind of like Fight Club and American Beauty and some of these like almost like counterculture type art movies. house yeah <laughs> so yeah we loved fight of fight club we loved uh american beauty and, and then but then like you know like any teenager like loved american pie right right american pie like blew my just a mirror Servina thing for you right, right? well yeah <laughs> or shan elizabeth right yeah. oh my god uh so yeah that uh those are movies i loved uh i guess that would have been high school yeah time. yeah american yeah. pie was like like 10th grade yeah. or something like and then blink 182 came out of that so i loved blink 182 mm-hmm. i was listening to them a lot mm-hmm. rodrigo was really into kind of that punk music scene yeah i remember he used uh, to have like those guys sleeping in his it is yeah. uh in his place he, like newfound glory newfound glory that's right those, yeah. those guys just come and like crash at his house he was like friends with like good charlotte mm-hmm. and before uh, they were like on yeah. TRL. he, he and, was like yo let's go see this band they're playing at uh willow grove mall yeah and it was good charlotte and at the time they played like in like that open courtyard area of like willow grove mall like there's like old ladies walking by shopping <laughs> and this freaking good charlotte with like i don't know maybe like 25 teenage girls mm-hmm. cheering them on yeah. and that was like the first time i saw good charlotte he's like oh these are my friends and now they're like yeah they well maybe they're days used to but yeah past, but yeah they were big big time they could sell out yeah. a, a crew a retro yeah. 90s cruise tour if they wanted to yeah right um yeah, yeah. philly was a hotbed for punk music for, yeah. for punk pop yeah pop punk 
whatever you want to call it. Yeah, we um, did end up later seeing them at like I think Tower or something like that, mm, and uh, and which just tickets. just yeah. came down. Right. They just closed down that yeah, tower. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Rishi was like so into techno music. Mm. All my friends were really into different stuff. Yeah. You know? So yeah, there was definitely some like Nine Inch Nails in there and whatnot. But uh, yeah, sorry, this page in the yearbook is blowing me away. It's just I can't stop laughing at it uh especially because i hung out with these two last night mm -hmm. but uh mm -hmm. yeah so it's the if you're listening it's page 15 of the senior yearbook and uh i'm hugging ellen in one picture and then her now husband is in the next picture Tui, getting his face drawn on with a marker mm -hmm. uh yeah like joe conlon's in there and uh you got scott beck brian yoon duffner mm -hmm. that's a good crew yeah yeah margo's in there yeah, yeah. Pat Emery. Shout yeah. out to Pat Emery. Oh, man. shout out to Pat Emery. I'd like yeah. to put you, me, and Pat Emery up there as maybe the, the best beards of, yeah. of Wizahickon. He he I definitely puts me to shame for sure. His it's, beard. It's a nice beard. Yeah, I've seen the pictures. Uh sorry. Mm. Pat, you're you're a wild man. Out there. Is he, out I there think he's still in Hawaii, right? Yeah. yeah. Boy, I can't wait to get out there and do a podcast with yeah. that <laughs> You you need to get you need to get out there. Yeah, get in the air and get out there because um, I'm very uh yeah, yeah. I want to I want to travel for this pod a little bit and <laughs> yeah. that'll be like a great um that'll be a great excuse to go out to Hawaii. It, is this pod like is this can this be like part of like a business or something that you're doing? It like, can. Yeah. It can. Yeah. Like I said I haven't I haven't narrowed yeah. down, dude. I've just gotten like all the social media stuff like you know like to where you know like kind of kind of figuring it out. Mm -hmm. Um Joe Rogan, the next Joe Rogan, something like that. Sure, I would love, yeah. I would, I would love something <laughs> like that. Um, yeah. um, that's part of like you know people coming here and and like having some microphones and yeah. you know if it was late night you know we'd have some we'd have some beverages right, and, and right. other things like that. I think um, it was you and Mike in in that one. Somebody was talking about how special it is that we had a class of only about three hundred kids, mm -hmm. and like North Penn had like a million, right? Mm -hmm. And I dated in college. I dated a girl that went to North Penn mm -hmm. and which was also kind of weird and ironic to go away to college and then just date a girl from North Penn. But um, when she would describe what high school was like, she would tell me like you only really had your little circle mm -hmm. and you didn't know who 900 other kids were. Right. You, you really, it wasn't like us where like, even if I wasn't friends with you, like I knew about you generally, or I kind of had an idea who you were. I definitely could name you and mm -hmm. know what you look like and, uh, and like know who your friends were. And like, that's, I guess just not possible or just not the way of life. No, at like North Penn and some of these other no. schools. Anyone says they went to North Penn, I could throw out a name and right. they don't have, they generally don't have a clue because right. like you said, they know like eight people. Yeah. They know their crew. It. And then. That's it. Yeah. We were also one of the few schools to do a four year high school. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a, a lot of the schools do 10th grade, mm -hmm. 10 through 12, and we actually went in through nine. Yeah. I wonder why that is. I, I guess. Yeah. I have to get an administrator to fill me in on that. Yeah. Maybe get somebody who's gone on to be a teacher or something help you out. Mm -hmm. Well, dude, uh, I'd say I wish you continued success. Thanks, uh, Definitely continued success because it's successful. I think like right off the bat, everybody's talking about it, and it's crazy. Yeah, we were talking about it last night, and just uh, I, I'll be honest, I'm, I really am shocked at like the reaction. Yeah, um, I thought people were gonna like it. I knew there was like a built-in audience. Right. Um, I never thought, you know, people yeah. would hit me up and like, oh, blank, blank was talking about this, and I'm like, really? 
Yeah, I never thought that this would be something that I would be at the helm of, to be honest. But I'm glad you are. Thanks, and I man. think, is our 20-year anniversary coming up? Or well, what's... we're 01, so yeah. we're 20, 2021. Yeah. Should be our um, should oh, be man. our thing. So what, we're like 18 right now? Mm-hmm. Wow. We're close. Yeah. All right. Well, well I'll try to push uh, with Steve DeSantis and Rishi and, and all them. And like, wasn't Paige one of the, was that who it was? DeSantis of class of class yeah, government. Like our, our class government, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Steve we can, was definitely the president. I remember that. Yeah, Steve was the class president. Yeah, I mean, I can I can look it up here real quick. We'll do a we'll do an edit so that it sounds like I found it right away. Yeah, yeah. Or like you just knew it off the top of your head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why wow, these pictures are fuzzy? <laughs> so uh, why is the the section that's not about us like so well produced? Like there's like like Putin's picture in here is like infinitely better than any actual student or teacher. I mean, look at this picture. This is terrible. Yeah, right. That's, I, I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like the actual pictures like a, of people are like, why is it all like it's like black and white? Why didn't they just get? Why didn't they just get like the guy that does the school portraits to take these pictures? Yeah, <laughs> or like yeah, we had digital cameras by then. I'm pretty sure, right? It was getting there. Uh, I remember that there was a yeah a digital camera that you could like rent out from like the computer lab or yeah, whatever. Yeah, probably. Stuff. Yeah, you're probably right. Well, whatever. They didn't use them, so. <laughs> um. Yeah. So this just has Paige, yeah. uh, Steve DeSantis, and yeah. Kyle Spies. Yeah. And then Mrs. Spies, Mr. Gallagher, not present, Rishi Patel. Right. Yeah. I forget what his exact role was, but he. I remember his speech was like. He just copied word for word right out of the Fight Club speech, like a speech from Fight Club. And then that was his speech. And people were like, yeah, I'll, I'll vote for that. That's fine. Oh <laughs> um, You weren't any superlatives, were you? Like most whatever in school or anything like that? Uh, yeah, but they spelled my name, uh, Dave Majumdar, under the uh, most intelligent. <laughs> they just they spelled Ryan Dunn wrong. But that is uh, awesome. Yeah, I uh, now. I, I didn't make any of the cuts there. In my head, I feel like I could see in some horribly posed picture, but like, I guess not. Like the shoulder twist. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I was lobbying for most athletic, but I guess nobody Pushing watched the through. tennis games. So, yeah. <laughs> Dude, the tennis matches. Yeah. yeah. There was definitely a, an aspect where it was frustrating with like being on a sport that was not like watched or attended in any way. Mm-hmm. And I remember that we had senior year. We, I did a public speaking class. Yeah, me too. And, uh, Drew Moyer gave a speech and he was on the baseball team. I think he was a pitcher. Mm-hmm. And he talked about how frustrated he was that like, they like won the division and nobody like comes to the games. Mm-hmm. And like, I remember our football team won like one game, mm-hmm. right. Or something. Right. If but, that money, yeah, with that million dollar field, I think they won four games in the four years we were there. That sounds high. Yeah, it, well, it was one. It was like one year was like zero, and one year was like two. <laughs> I feel like you're exaggerating. Yeah, yeah maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I thought they were all zeros, right. but like I just felt the same way. Like we won. We were like competitive in tennis every year. Yeah. I bet nobody knows that. Or they were all like that. Shit. Soccer was yeah. soccer was always winning the women's soccer. Yeah. I feel like one like. Yeah. Tournaments. Yeah. yeah. Maybe championships and no one ever. That's what they always say. The football team brings in the money. Right. Yeah. The other team. Basketball had a little, had a nice little buzz. Yeah. Yeah. There was, there was some good teams there, but yeah, we would win like division. We'd beat like upper Dublin or whatever, our biggest rival. Mm -hmm. And then 
Um, I never knew. Where's my mom? You know, got to get in my minivan and go home. Like football games were at night. <laughs> yeah, you know, on yeah, Friday nights or whatever. True. Like yeah. I never knew. Like where do I go to? Oh, I just walk right outside to these tennis courts. Yeah, like, there was on, on a Tuesday. Like I didn't know yeah. where to do it. Yeah, that's it wasn't, a good point. Yeah. Right, it's not as organized. How do and I do it with a set time? Will there be a large group of people there? Do I right. just look for all the people, or like, yeah. do I do I go over here on the soccer field? Like, where? What do I do? Here? You know, that's a good point. Yeah, and I guess it would have been the same way for many of the other sports. You have uh, multiple games with different locations. You don't always know. I, I was a hypocrite then, I guess, because I wasn't like going to watch the baseball games either. Right. All so, right. Um, but yeah, somehow you get you get out to the Friday night game for football to mm-hmm. watch, uh, watch them lose, but mm-hmm. cause everyone's going to uh, be there. Right. Everyone would be there. You know, yeah, so it's a social know event. Go, yeah. I feel like that was probably like a morning announcement thing, right? Yeah. Tennis, tennis match versus Methacton right. will be at three thirty yeah. or something. Right. And yeah. Sometimes the teachers wouldn't even know. And then like, I would get pulled out of class. Like you miss class. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I was uh, leaving early for the, you have to get on the bus. I'm in my go, tennis yeah. suit. Like, don't you like, right. Like I'm on the tennis team. Like I didn't skip class. I had to get on the bus, the travel bus or yeah. whatever, you know? And yeah. So even the, even the administrators, like, you know, it's an afterthought, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was good times, man. Uh, yeah. But that was something that stuck with me that Drew gave that speech. I thought it was, he was, he was right on. It's yeah, a shame yeah. if we go back in time, I'd be like more supportive of the other sports. I mean, mm-hmm. We had very empty, very unused stands next yeah. to the tennis courts. Yeah. Uh, we would maybe use them to like watch our own matches, like to critique our, right. you know, fellow players. But no, no parents or yeah, no crowds. Yeah, no crowds. No. Yeah, no. Uh, my mom would park like because the tennis courts were like, um, kind of in a notch like in the building. I don't even remember remember where they were, but like, yeah, on it, the edge of Dagger Road, right? Yeah, and then so like the there was a parking lot above that. Like so it would be like a retaining wall, and then up here is a parking lot. So my mom would park, like up on up on the top of the retaining wall, like up on that parking lot. So she couldn't even see down. It's like she couldn't even see the matches at all. But she'd just be in her car, right? So like very supportive, yeah. but like even even the parents are like right, not uh, they don't need to see those matches. Yeah, whatever. Uh, oh well. It's my tennis. grandfather yeah. um, used to officiate track meets. Wow, and yeah. uh, swim meets. Yeah. So in high school, I used to go and meet him yeah. like at the track field. We or had a good track over at the middle school yeah. for the pool, right? Because wasn't Paige um, like all state or something? And, uh, I think Paige. Yeah. I think Paige was the fastest cross country or wow. in the country. Whoa. Um. I, yeah. JC Whitaker, I think, yeah. won a state record for uh, pole vault. Wow. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he did pole vault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. I remember him at the at the Penn Relays. Uh, seen him compete at the Penn Relays. Uh, back in Wasn't he also the quarterback of the football team? It was maybe like when we were freshmen. He was yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I did Godspell with J.C. Whitaker, so that's oh, like I look okay. at him as like that's how I see him as like mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably right. Yeah. Um, is there anything that we didn't touch on that you wanted to talk about or hit on or mention or? No, I think we we covered a lot of topics. Yeah. yeah. We really cover a lot of ground. Uh, you know, I I hope that as time goes on, like I keep being in touch with some of these. Like I like that eleven years with like Pat, like that's too long. Yeah. Like that was too much. And I know we live in different states, but like we could fly and mm-hmm. see each other. And like I just I hope that people keep kind of breaking down barriers and just like, yeah, just be friends. Like at this point, you know, if you think somebody is like Sounds pretty, pretty cool guy or pretty, you know, cool person. Like just why not be friends with them? Mm-hmm. Who cares about high school? You know, go yeah. reach out. And uh, 
So I think uh, there's a lot of awesome people that we went to school with, and it's incredible to see their growth and their careers and everything that they're doing. I mean, it's so weird seeing my Facebook newsfeed is like a million babies, right? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of uh, now I'm throwing mine in, right? Yeah, so you're it's, in there now. Uh, I'm in there now. <laughs> so uh, that's wonderful that you know all these people have these lives, and I just I I'm looking forward to hearing more more of these. So I. Uh, uh, I think I saw one for, did you do Jason Herb? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I want to hear that because yeah. he, uh, was such a funny guy. He was, yeah. He cracked, he used to make me cry. Laugh. Still is. Yeah, I'm sure. Dude, in seventh grade, he, he not trying, but he got me kicked out of a class inadvertently, uh, because Mrs. Parker's seventh oh, grade boy, English yeah. class. When Mrs. Parker was, uh, no tolerance, no tolerance. And no. He, yep. Yep. And, <laughs> He had she me hated laughter. Yeah, she did. <laughs> well, guess what? I sat next to freaking Jason Herb. So I would get sent to the principal because he would have me cry laughing. Like I'd be crying. And then she'd call me to read something and I couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. I'd be unable. I think like it was like he kept making like Christopher Robin jokes and we were reading like a Christmas story or something mm -hmm. like that. And like so then like I couldn't finish. I couldn't do it. And then I would get sent to the principal. So I'm looking forward to hearing how he's doing his life. And yeah, I yeah. can't wait to hear it. Well, the last thing that I, I got to have you do. Yeah. Got to sign the yearbook. Of course. Absolutely. Uh, now, do I have to sign my own picture? Yeah. <laughs> sign sign right on your picture right, there. Sign right here for uh, Billy Bishop. No. Uh, all <laughs> well, right. It's on David yeah. Jumdar's. Yeah. Just yeah. all over David yeah. Jumdar's face right. so he can't sign it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> all right. I hope the pen works. It's uh, It's kind of failing me here. Yeah, sorry. It's not happening. Backup pens. Multicolored uh, mm -hmm. comment now. Mm -hmm. right, Third one. Third pen. Third one's the charm. There it is. Yes. This is such a fun, uh, well-rounded, grown-up adult conversation. <laughs> I appreciate. Uh, yeah, no problem. I appreciate your uh, your tidbits about family and and uh, relationships and uh, yeah. you know those are things I'm going to take to heart and try and lower my angst about making it happen. I mean. It's, it's pretty awesome. So like, I don't know. I get, I think I had a whole different set of worries before. And now I realize like all that was like dumb. And like, I wasn't listening to people. Like people were telling me, like, I'd be like, Oh, dirty diapers. That sounds awful. And people were like, no, it's a whatever. And, and then what it is, what they would warn me about is the no sleep mm -hmm. and that. Right. So like, th so I'm here to say like the no sleep is terrible. And the dirty diapers are whatever, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, occasionally a dirty diaper will blow your mind, but like, it's not really anything because you change them, you change them in two minutes. Right. It's it's a, it. it's a bad situation it. for only a very short period of time, and then boom, you're on to the next thing and whatever. But uh, yeah, the first three months are rough with no sleep. Yeah, because you still you still have to function, like you have to go to work, mm -hmm. and you're you're unbelievably tired. I was so apologetic, like in all the meetings I had, like when I first came back. Because I was yawning my way. People would be telling me serious mm -hmm. stuff. And I'd be like, oh, oh, yeah. And like, you know, there's no sleep. But uh, I should get a memo of that. <laughs> right. Yeah. And like, uh, you know, here I have to say like, you know, whatever uh, complaint I would have, uh, my wife's is like, you know, times 10. Right. Mm -hmm. She definitely takes the brunt. And, um, you know, I might change two diapers in a day. Mm -hmm. Well, then that means she changed 10. Right. Mm -hmm. So like it's the ratio is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, she she's a wonderful mom. And uh, but really, 
even the bad stuff. I guess what I would say about it is like anything that you right now beforehand would think that's that sounds awful. Once you're in it, it's not awful. Yeah. It's fine. It really is. And in fact, it's good. Yeah. Like so um I was super nervous like flying with her because like we like to go places. Right. And uh she was fine on the plane. She was good. The only trouble she got in it all on the plane was on the flight out to California. She had just learned to stand up. So of course she wants to stand up and she's on our lap. So she stands up and then she wants to pull the hair of the people sitting in front of her. Mm. So that was a little bit. And then we'd sit her down and she'd kind of be like not happy that we sat her down. She just learned how to stand up. That was a little, mm. uh, sorry, everyone around us, you know, but they were like all these random strangers came up to us uh, after the flight and they said, she's lovely. You did a great job. Like just out of the blue, just coming up to tell us how great yeah. we did. It was so nice. Yeah, and nice. Uh, so that if that's the hardest thing, you know, so now I just got to make sure she stays alive and <laughs> the world doesn't get to her. Dude, I'll tell you, my biggest fear of, of all time is just the world. Mm -hmm. Like, holy moly, there's a lot of terrible stuff out there. Mm -hmm. And right now her world consists of like mom and dad and some toys. Right. So simple right it, now. It's so simple right now. Wait yeah. till she learns about politics or whatever. <laughs> anything i could have said any word there yeah, and it would yeah, have been yeah, like yeah. you know drugs or yeah. i don't know crime syndicates yeah. <laughs> or fractions my god fractions. <laughs> she'll so go right to the going. drink right to the bottle it's all over yeah once she learns fractions oh my god so i yeah there's a whole world of of uh shit waiting for her and i just hope that you know we're good parents and that's my fear though is like i hope she can handle it and yeah. do and, and thrive you know but it's scary well, I wish you all the luck in the world. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate mm -hmm. it. I really uh, enjoyed this this conversation. Me too. We talked a long time. We did. It's <laughs> yeah. good. Uh, I'm really glad. Uh, I feel like I I got to know you a little bit better. Yeah, so me too. That's good. All right. Thanks for all the honesty and you know yeah. openness and sharing. Yeah, you do a good job. Thanks, man. <laughs> the honesty is compliments. So yeah, who wouldn't want that? Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry that you're stuck being a Temple fan. I guess for the rest of your life. Uh, when you're ready yeah. to start winning national championships, yeah. should we end the the interview on like a really terrible note where we get a fight I, over? I got a, I got a, I got a, a, a championship Villanova shirt that I keep in the bottom of my oh, drawer for like, yeah, in case I run out of toilet paper or whatever. Right. Just gonna, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought if you you were gonna say like if you just wanted to feel like a winner for a little bit. But mm -hmm. yeah. No, no, <laughs> no, no. Paper. I wear my Eagles gear for that. That's. <laughs> See, and that's right back to being friends. I'm pretty sure my my Brad Facebook uh, game plan is when he's talking Temple, I'm doing like laugh emojis or whatever, or like just leaving it, letting it go. And then when it's anything Eagles or whatever, like I'm right back there all with in, you, hearts, all hearts all over the place. And then, yeah. And then, but then uh, as soon as Temple's, I'm like, ah, oh, let's just let, let it slide. Yeah. Let's slide on this guy. Yeah. Less of these for my newsfeed, please. Yeah. <laughs> I have so many friends. Went to, you know, uh, Tui uh, went yeah. to Temple as well for law school and uh jenny mclaughlin also went to law school oh. at temple by the way everyone became a lawyer i don't know if you know oh. that yeah dude i didn't know that nobody's Law like farmer lawyer doctor <laughs> right it's you only have two choices yeah, yeah. well the, the jewish thing it's, you really only have like three only, choices yeah yeah, 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 yeah. lawyer doctor accountant mm -hmm. that's your option yeah I was gonna say so. financier <laughs> right yeah consiglier yeah consiglier someone to whisper in the ear the consiglier yeah <laughs> by the way office is my wife and i's favorite show really I don't know if you like that as well love the office yeah good offense reference right there yeah uh it's our default it's like nice. oh nothing else new yeah it's just what's on in the background 
it like kind of Phillies might be in the background, but but more often than not, it's if you want to have a good time, right? Yeah, when you're done with that mess and you want to watch something else, mm-hmm. and you're mad at Kapler for putting in like the wrong pitcher or whatever, you then you switch on The Office. The Office yeah. is one of those shows like Seinfeld yeah. that I, any episode, yep, yeah. absolutely all in on this one. And right. I hadn't watched The Office in a while, and then one day YouTube yeah. recommended to me um, the Asian Jim prank. Asian Jim. And Unbelievable. God, I just sat there and I went, fuck, this is so good. Yeah. <laughs> this is so, yeah. so good. It, it's one of my favorite bits from the show. Asian you know Jim. what I think it is about that show? And Seinfeld's very similar. It's a very plausible show. Yeah. Anyone, anyone could look and go, oh, yeah, we could do this in my office. We could do this in my office. My I, office could be I these guys. I think that all the time. Mm-hmm. I look around my office, I think all the time about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's definitely aspects. And also because maybe the Pennsylvania thing, they always have like Wegmans products mm-hmm. and like local stuff and like mm-hmm. Jim likes the Eagles and Phillies or whatever. Like yeah. it was nice to like have uh, characters that you could like, yeah, relate, relate to. to yeah. 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 They it's had a character cool. named Ryan Howard. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I know. And I love that they used it at the end there yeah. to be like, oh, I have a meeting with Ryan Howard. She's like, what? No, not that Ryan Howard. Yeah. <laughs> not the one embezzled he's like, from the whole company. Yeah. He's like, eat fresh. Yeah. <laughs> I, love, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Anyway, bud. Uh, thanks, man. I know you got the party to go to, so I'm going to get on out of here. Thanks for coming, but, uh, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. All right. Cheers. All right. That was part two of my conversation with Ryan Dunn. I just loved all the topics that we hit on. Again, some high notes, some low notes, some good times, some tough times, uh, some real times. Um, and maybe now you guys even appreciate a little bit how pro wrestling works. Um so thank you to Ryan for, um, you know, just being here and being so open and honest. Um, you know, really, I, I truly enjoyed the conversation about just law. That's something that I, I don't really know anyone that's a, a lawyer, so to speak. And and to have those conversations um, kind of in depth about, you know, what the career's like and, and the process to go through that. Um, it's something that really I've only been able to see from, you know, television distance. And so, um, I don't know, kind of cool and, and for me to kind of nerd out and and have that conversation a little bit just about, you know, the mindset and and to even know that that career is not as uh, open and shut of a of a coast as as one might think as far as, you know, financial and security and, and things like that. Um, there's a lot that goes into it. And uh, as Ryan, you know, kind of explained, you think you're headed down one path and uh, then you, you decide that is not the path you want to be on and, and you change direction. So. Um, thank you to Ryan for really just all that conversation that we had and, and, you know, what you said about Keyshawn and, um, just again, all the openness that you shared. I appreciate it so much. And, and, you know, just what I love this show being about. Uh, so in two weeks, my guest will be, well, a little less than two weeks. My guest will be Susie Spinelli, uh, AKA Susie Mullet, who I think I probably kind of referred to as like one of the, in my mind, uh, one of the cooler kids in school. Um, and I know she didn't really see herself, uh, that way. Um, and we talk about it a little bit, the stereotype, the gorgeous blonde hair, blue eyes, uh, twin sister, um, you know, what that all kind of entailed. Um, but I gotta be honest, this interview is like, um, it's kind of like that thing when someone that you think is really, really cool in your mind, and then you hang out with them and it turns out that they are really, really cool. That's what this interview is. Uh, she's just very honest about her life, how she came up, uh, some of her background with her family, and you know where she's kind of been today. And if I had to 
restructure uh, instead of the stereotype of how I think I knew Susie 20 years ago. And I had to now think about, okay, how do I think of how Susie's life has been now? And I would say maybe not typical, unorthodox, uh, and definitely unique. Uh, and so I look forward to sharing that conversation with you guys in two weeks, a little less than two weeks on a Monday morning. Uh, when we come back, the social media, make sure you guys all check that out. We weren't friends in high school on Instagram, WWF in high school on Twitter. And I am at Red Shirt Playa everywhere. Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. And you can find it on Facebook, too, if you want it. And of course, subscribe, rate, comment on this podcast, uh, wherever you do the podcast thing. Uh, I appreciate that as well. Um so that is it for me. Everyone go uh, enjoy your holiday or at least your day off from work. And I will see you guys in two weeks, a little less than two weeks with Susie Spinelli, a.k.a. Susie Mullet. Merry Christmas, everybody.